Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast series on impact, talking with entrepreneurs and organizational leaders who contribute to building a more cooperative and positive future. I'm Ursula York, the host of this series. I'm a mentor to business people who want to have a positive effect on the world around them, building strong businesses by creating value for their clients, team members, and the larger world. I am so passionate about sharing with you the stories of entrepreneurs and leaders who have of impact. They're inspiring and energizing role models. I hope you use what you learn here to be inspired about what you can do in your business and beyond. For ongoing inspiration and support to get clear on your impact and put it into action, enter your name and email at workalchemy.com. Today's guest in this podcast series on impact is Mark Silver. Mark is a fourth-generation entrepreneur who has run a distribution business, turned around a struggling nonprofit magazine, and worked as a paramedic in the San Francisco Bay Area. He's the author of seven different in-depth programs and a number of other smaller teachings and classes for entrepreneurs. Together, they form a comprehensive entrepreneurial wisdom academy curriculum. A designated master teacher, Mukadem Murabi, in his Shadaliya Sufi lineage, Mark has received his Master's of Divinity with a specialty in ministry and Sufi studies. As a coach, consultant, mentor, and spiritual healer, he has facilitated thousands of individual sessions with entrepreneurs and has led hundreds of classes, seminars, groups, and retreats. His weekly writings and teachings are followed by thousands of people around the globe. Mark lives just outside Ithaca, New York, with his wife Holly, twin sons Sam and David, a cat, Rafi, and one new huge puppy, Rocky, and all four seasons, which had been missing during his 20 years on the left coast. So welcome to the podcast, Mark. I'm so delighted to have you here. Thank you. I'm really glad to be here. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. I I know that impact is a big part of the work that you do. And You've done a number of different things, including your, your ministry training. How, how has this business come together in particular in the context of the impact that you want to have in the world? Why did you choose this as a way to do that? <laughs> um, or did it choose you? Yeah, I don't know about the word choice here. I, um, the, the, tr- the truth is that, um, ah, I think that I was just, uh, you know, I was, I started out with in activism. I was always an activist from, from my school years and through college and, um, into my adult life. And I just, um, but I saw people who were doing amazing work, really doing amazing work. And they were having a lot of trouble getting clients and getting paid and making, making a living. And many of them were having to give up their work. (laughs) <laughs> and go to work. And that was always a little heartbreaking uh, to see that happen. And um, and when you couple it with my, you know, kind of my viewpoint, my perspective, my experience with our incredibly dysfunctional economy and uh, work culture, I, I just, you know, I wanted to support people. I wanted to help people make a living. I wanted to help people make a living. You know, people who were healers and this is how it started out you know healer friends of ours and people around me were healers and organic gardeners and um 
uh, you know, different types of service professionals. There's so much money at the time we lived in the Bay Area, and there's just so much money flowing through the Bay Area, and yet these people doing amazing work um, were, you know, having trouble making rent, and it just it didn't make sense. It didn't it it it, it didn't make sense from a from a human point of view and from a values point of view, and um, and so before long, I was off and running. <laughs> well, you mentioned a dysfunctional economy and work culture. Can you talk a little bit about your perspective on that? Yeah. Well, um, our uh, culture, our economy is um, incredibly, incredibly dysfunctional and broken and has been for centuries. And it's kind of been reaching a peak over the last century or so, and especially the last few decades. It's um, the kind of unfettered capitalism that has taken over is something that is uh, deadly for the human spirit. It's deadly for our planet. Uh, and uh, it just it tears us apart in the same way that it tears our environment apart. Um, it's, uh, you know, there's a, there's, there's kind of this cancerous, and I'm, I'm using these words very deliberately. I'm not just, I've, I've been with this for decades looking at these issues. And there's a cancerous in the terms of an unfettered, uncontrolled, unguided growth of trying to convert everything that's precious to us into money. <laughs> and I think that all of us, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's one of these, um, standard, um, uh, tropes or, you know, or, or, um, standard sayings that are, that people hate going to work and it's the work environments that are often life sucking. The work itself is not always very fulfilling and um, and often it's in service to goals that are um, and businesses that are, you know, at best kind of okay, <laughs> right? Um, and built on systems that do very little except enrich people at the very top and don't really support people at the uh, in the broader culture. And we've been seeing this happen to a greater and greater and greater extent. And um, and it's just it's it's very painful. And I like to speak this in very clear terms because a lot of times people um, who are in business who are trying to make a difference feel like, oh, I just have to get over my issues with business. I just have to get over my issues with money. I just have to get over X, Y, or Z and get on with it. And this is exactly part of what our culture does is it individualizes the issues and says, oh, it's a personal failing of yours, rather than something that our hearts are sensing that is true, that something is wrong, that something is broken. I don't want anyone to get over their issues with this current economy. We may need to be with it and discover the love available and to work with it and to try to make things better at the same time that we're trying to transition the economy to something more life-affirming. Um, but I never want us to feel like there's a – I don't want anyone to feel like it's a personal failing, the fact that you sense that something is terribly wrong. Um. Yeah, I'm I'm I have to confess I'm a little surprised to hear you express it so strongly because I guess I I have personally seen a shift in the last certainly in the last 5 years but even a longer 
time period where it seems that there's coming to be a recognition of what you're describing and, and movements like conscious capitalism and, um, which you're probably familiar with and, mm-hmm. um, a lot of entrepreneurial focused, um, work that's gone on that has, I think, played a, a role in shifting that. Do you feel that way or do you feel that still that things are, are so seriously dysfunctional and broken? Um, I think that they still are. I think that there has been some recognition because finally things have become so painfully broken that it be- that that it's you know it's impossible for some people not to acknowledge it. Um, but I don't think that I, I think that the responses so far have been more like rearranging deck chairs <laughs> on the Titanic rather than any kind of fundamental deeper look. You know, you can have um, a company, for instance, like Walmart, look really closely and sincerely. I've had, I know, you know, I know people who have worked um, as consultants with uh, Walmart. I, you know, I understand that there are very, very sincere efforts within that company around sustainability. And yet, when you look at their business practices and how much damage they've done to small towns, and how much damage they've done you know, and how underpaid their workers are and um, and how much damage their infrastructure alone does to the environment by shipping things all over the place. I mean, there's some very, like, very deep things. I don't see Walmart fundamentally changing their business model in order to um, meet these challenges, mm-hmm. you know, to meet these these things. I just see them trying to make what they're doing a bit better. Hmm. And, um, and I think this is true for a lot of um, businesses. I, I don't think I, it's not that there aren't businesses that are trying to sincerely do things better and, and businesses that are making really big um, challenges to the status quo. It's just that there's such a small percentage of what's actually happening out there a minute percentage, um, and that the vast majority of the infrastructure is just continuing, continuing forward. I I remember being hit, you know, there's these moments that we have when we sense truth that, um, that show such a stark, for me, such a stark difference between the reality that we're living and, um, and what we're, what our hearts are really hoping for. For instance, I remember walking around downtown Portland and also in downtown San Francisco and knowing that there are companies around these downtowns that have millions, hundreds of millions, billions of dollars sitting in the bank and that there are people with tremendous amounts of wealth. And yet we look around and the streets are covered with homeless people and um and when you look at the city itself it's like this isn't beautiful this is broken concrete and the sky's blocked out and we're still running these gas engines i mean and we're still trucking food in and shipping food in from thousands of miles away instead of using what's local and you know i i mean the 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 difference between what we can do and what the human spirit knows is beautiful and sustaining and life-affirming and what we're actually doing 
is so great that it's no wonder so many people are suffering from depression and really struggling, struggling to feel good about the work they do and surviving in this economy. Well, I agree with you. There's certainly a contingent of big business that is uh, very slow to move, and and I agree, not addressing issues that are right outside their door. How, how do you feel that your business is contributing to shifting things? Are, are Do you feel that you're part of making a change in that? I'd like to think we are. Um, we're we're trying, <laughs> you know, we're making an effort. Um, we're sincerely questioning that. We're kind of what, what, where I see us standing is in this in between place where we're all standing right now, where um, we're wanting something new. We're wanting a, a different way the economy works. And we're trying to prepare for that. And we're trying to create practices around that. We're trying to say, huh, what does business look like in, an, in a different way? more life-affirming economy. Um, at the same time, we're still needing to survive in the system that we're within, right? There's not a, right. for many of us, there's not, there's a non-negotiable about, I, my family has to eat, we have to have a roof over our heads, <laughs> right. you know, we have to survive. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to, through the integration of um, spiritual awareness uh, the awareness of love, the awareness of the divine, and business practices um, with integrity and sincerity, we're trying to walk um, what humans have always tried to walk, which is this um, tension between what is and what I, what's possible. And, um, and, you know, and a lot of our clients are doing that. We're really, you know, to, to the best of our ability, you know, like um, – trying different approaches to pricing, like pay what you want pricing or pricing from the heart, um, from uh, creating packages and using marketing that is honest and sincere and open, but still stay, but not collapsed. Because usually what happens is that we encounter things that we don't like. For instance, the marketing industry is a perfect example. It's been, it's leaned heavily into the psychological discoveries of the early 20th, late 19th century. Um, and it's become a, a cesspool of manipulation, <laughs> right? It's, um, there's, there's a tremendous amount of psychological manipulation that happens in marketing. And so we don't want to do that. Um, and so what many heart-centered people do is they just turn away. They say, I hate marketing. Well, who wouldn't <laughs> the way it's mm -hmm. done like that? You know, who wouldn't? Um, but at the same time, is it possible to not completely collapse? Can, can there be a sense of, you know what? There is love available. I can show up as strong. I can stand in my sovereignty. I can say, you know what? What I'm doing is is needed. I can see people needing it, and I'm going to put it out there with some strength and some clarity um, and some love. And we start to see that being effective, both because the strength is attractive to people, uh, because we all could use help, you know, and, um, and because it, it's, it stands out because there's so little love evident in the world around us that when we do sense love, it, it shines, it shines in a different way. Well, I, I agree. I think more and more people are turning away from that very old and, and outdated model of marketing and, and uh, 
speaking about what they have to offer and the value that it offers people in an authentic way and having real conversations with people. Do you think that that, uh, the, that work that you're doing um, in, in that realm and other aspects of helping entrepreneurs be more effective, bring more love into the world, do you feel that's influencing the larger world? Is it having an impact there? Um, I sure hope so. We're a tiny business, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's, there's a handful of us, you know, in, in heart of business, we've worked with thousands of people. Um, and at the same time, there's, you know, and the, the population of the earth is very, very large. Mm -hmm. So I like to think that we are having an impact, a ripple effect. And I, and we aren't the only ones there are thankfully other people who are, um, in this world doing this work. And mm -hmm. so I believe that there is a shift. When I first started Heart of Business back in 2001, um, there was hardly any integration between spirituality and business. And now it is become common. Some of it is sincere and some of it is just, you know, people hopping on a marketing bandwagon and, you know, people just doing their best with different things. But it is, it has... Um, be, there has become more awareness around it. And so um, I think that there is an impact being had. Um, and, you know, we see it individually in our clients. Um, and, um, and we see it in the way that, uh, you know, that it has become something that's gone from what are you doing to, oh, yeah, of course <laughs> I want that. Right, so, right. you know, even the fact that we're having this conversation and that, yeah. Um, uh, is is evidence of that compared to 2001. I agree. And I uh, I was at Wisdom 2.0. I don't know if you were there, but um, I was amazed to see these very mainstream and multi-billion dollar valuation companies talking about meditation as being an important aspect of they, what they do. And it, it didn't feel like lip service to me. It felt like a real shift. So I agree. I think these conversations about spirituality and, and our connection to each other is entering into business so yes yeah do you, has it always been important to you to have to do work that has impact that makes a positive contribution and and if not as is it something that's evolved over time and, and yeah i think that um you know, I guess it, I, for me, yes, I am. Um, I tend to be very mission driven. Like I said, I was an activist from an early age, and mm -hmm. a, a, my previous one of my previous careers, I was a paramedic in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, I I like to, yeah, I, you know, I, I it's a basic human need to contribute, and we contribute in many different ways. And some of us are mission driven around, you know, more activists. Some of us are artists and contribute through beauty and inspiration. There's many different ways. I mean, any, uh, all of us want to contribute. And so, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, that's been something I've been very aware of. And I think the activist part of me, that's always been a bit of a rebel, um, uh, you know, I've like, I've never done the, the normal corporate nine to five. Right. I, that's just never been my world. So, I've always kind of been um, on the outskirts of the of the work world. Yeah, I, I'm, I agree with you. I think that that is something within all of us that I, I wrote a, a the Impact Manifesto last year, and the second statement in it is that basically acknowledging that um, 
I believe that having impact is something that speaks to a really deep human need that we all have. And you've certainly lived that out in your, in the work that you've done in the world. Inshallah. Yeah. Is, how, how has, how is your business a reflection of your values? Because one of the things that I, I, I always ask people about this in the interviews because uh, I believe that values, the things that you hold as, as important that you hold dear are really, uh, whether consciously or unconsciously, they affect what you do and what you choose to do. And, um, so, and I think it has a big role in the impact that you have. So is that, do you bring your values into your work? Is that something that you feel is, is an important aspect of how you um, do? Yeah, it's everything. Like we don't, um, we don't, uh, to the extent that we can, I mean, I, I'm sure there's ways that as human beings, we, we fail or we fall short, but it's definitely something that we strive and bring in a very heartfelt manner and sincere manner to, um, bringing our values, you know, um, one small example of that, for instance, is that, um, when, uh, when, you know, when people sign up for our programs, we offer, you know, people can make payments or they can pay in a lump sum. And often um, companies charge more for a payment plan. And uh, part of our value around social justice, um, we don't we don't charge more because poor people always have to. It's it's more expensive to be poor, and uh, in our current economy, and and so in an attempt to counter that, we don't. We don't charge more for payment plans. We also try to make some of our offerings available for pay-from-the-heart basis so people can choose their own pricing. And we find that people respond wonderfully to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, um, the same thing with uh, how we care for our clients. We have a very strong a very strong desire to see people nourished and to have people feel witnessed and seen and so that's something that we bring to how we respond to our clients and how we care for them Mm -hmm. well you talked about marketing and and your concerns about um how dysfunctional that was and how it's manipulative how have you chosen to market your business and and uh how, how is it different from what you see as the norm yeah, that's a big question, uh, the how question. I mean, there's so many details to that, but I think sure. the, the underlying lesson, the underlying value that we bring to this is that, um, and it's part of what we teach our clients, is that um, is that instead of approaching marketing as if marketing's job was to be attractive, which is, I think, where the the manipulation can, can come in that mm-hmm. the uh, that somehow marketing is supposed to attract people in and pull people in instead we take the idea that marketing's job is to help people feel safe mm-hmm. um safe enough to be able to to check in with themselves and to know what's true for them we trust our clients to be adults you know we trust them to make choices that are right for them and so we you know, we certainly put out our offers clearly and strongly, but we also, um, you know, we don't encourage people to make snap decisions. Um, we don't, uh, you know, we encourage people to really check in with their hearts and take their time. Um, you know, if I'm on a phone call with a potential client, unless it's clear that they've been deliberating for some time and they're really wanting to hire us, I always encourage them to take time to reflect to make sure that it's a right choice for them. Mm-hmm. It's um, really wanting people to 
trust their own heart and that if they hire us or take us up on their, on our services, it's not because they're coming from a place that's broken, that they feel like they're broken and they need to be saved, but instead that they feel like they're standing in their hearts and that, um, and that we could be helpful to them, but not that they, they need to be saved or that it's, um, or that there's something fundamentally wrong. Right. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's a great approach that you talked about helping people feel safe to check in with themselves. And so much of marketing is there's an external pressure and sometimes a time limited type of situation where people are don't really have an opportunity uh, to do that. And I love that you're creating space for people to make choices that are, are right for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. How how do you feel that in in all this work that you do, it's it's tempting to really engage very deeply and to sometimes perhaps not look after yourself. Um, certainly, that's been true for me at times where I get so involved in what I'm doing that I'm I'm not practicing the best self care. Do you? How do you feel about self care? Is it important? And and if so, what? How do you practice self care in a way that's really nurturing for you? Yeah. You know, this is a really um, important point. I'm glad you touched on it because caring for ourselves, in the, the Sufi teachings say that our bodies have certain rights upon over us. Mm. Um, and that uh, even if we are spirit and we have been infused into this human form, that the body is a temple. The body is something that's sacred, like the physical world. It's it's the path that I'm on spiritually does not believe in the world as profane and spirit as something separate, but that everything, everything comes from the divine, including our human bodies, which are expressions of divine presence. And so, caring for what we've been given to steward is a really important responsibility um, that we've been given. And so, caring for our bodies is part of that. I it's easy to say that and I'm not I won't say I'm perfect with it. Of course, you know, there's lots of times that I um push past or I don't eat exactly what's healthiest, but you know, etc, cetera, etc cetera, all these different ways that you know, we're just human. But it's something that uh we try to embrace and it's something that we support our clients and support our communities in in embracing and supporting each other with, right? Uh, knowing that it's there's there's time, there's time. When I was when I was going through my paramedic training, one of the things that my paramedic instructor told us as a class said, you know, no matter how bad the situation is, there's always time to check your own pulse. Mm-hmm. And that's been something that has stuck with me for a long time. That we can. Um, that our businesses are not like <laughs> it's rarely life or death in terms of you know seconds count it's rarely as urgent as our minds tend to think it is it may be urgent but it doesn't mean that we have to be in a panic about it one of the things that we try to um, support people in is uh, developing this incredibly important capacity that the human being can develop which is the capacity to be with emotional and sometimes physical discomfort without trying to get rid of it. Uh, and because most times when we're 
in that kind of reactive mode and not attending to ourselves, we're just trying to get rid of discomfort, emotional discomfort, spiritual discomfort, physical discomfort. But if we can be with the discomfort, even if it's just a short while, then we can begin to notice that, you know what, it's not deadly. It's just uncomfortable. And then that gives us the spaciousness to react, um, to act with more resourcefulness, with more wisdom, and to make choices that are, you know, perhaps healthier, you know, um, whether it's, you know, stopping after two spoonfuls of ice cream instead of finishing the pint, <laughs> <laughs> or, um, you know, or just taking some of the panic out of the marketing and dropping into a place of trust in your heart and being able to express, um, express yourself more truly rather than, um, feeling like you have to, you know, get it perfect and make somebody do something or you won't be okay. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you raised that because that being with discomfort, it's so much a part of being an entrepreneur. And it's, it, it's really true what you said about creating space for your own awareness and wisdom to come up. And we often drive ourselves or we push ourselves in a way that that limits the ability to do that mm -hmm. exactly exactly it's very easy to get distracted and um one of the the analogies that i use is uh is the movie theater and most of us live life many people live life in moments or all the time as if we're in the front row of a movie theater and the screen and the sound is just filling all of our attention but if we can move back a few seats, <laughs> we begin to notice that there's actually something larger and that what's on the screen is important. It's our life, but there's more. There's more. And in fact, there's an exit door and there might be other people around us. And there's just a larger, <clears throat> a larger reality right. that we can be aware of if we just take a moment to remember that. Yeah. Are there th are there things that you've dealt with in your own business uh, obstacles or or barriers to having the impact that you want to have making a positive contribution how how have you been able to move through that obstacle or barrier I, I often think people feel sometimes like their path should be smoother and so people like right. you sharing that they have come across difficulties and, and here's how I dealt with it can be so valuable in helping people move through their own challenges. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, every day, right? I mean, this is life. <laughs> challenges, challenges, challenges all the time. Um, and not the least of which are the mistakes that I make on a regular basis. <laughs> you and me um, both. <laughs> um, it's, um, yeah, I, I, you know, this is part of, you know, this goes hand in hand with what we were just discussing about being with discomfort. Uh, the chat, you know, challenges. Uh, this is again, I think, one of the misunder spiritual misunderstandings in the modern age is this thinking of, oh, um, if the path is easy, then I'm on the right path, and if the path is hard, I'm on the wrong path, mm -hmm. and I think it becomes immediately apparent that that's false if you're on, you know, in the real world. Like if you go for a hike, sometimes you're going up a hill. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, sometimes you, you're bouldering, you know. Sometimes your car gets a flat tire. It doesn't mean you're on the wrong road. It just means life. 
That's all. It just yeah. means life. It just means what we're what what we do, you know, and whether it's because you've gotten sick or because, you know, you made a choice and it didn't turn out the way you thought it was or you know, the financial collapse of 2008. Um uh you know, due to, you know, criminal misdealings by the financial industry. It's like there's there's all these things that we are faced with. And for me, the question that I always return to is, is love available even here? Is love available even here? What is right here? Is the divine present even here? And I don't think our job is to bring the divine to anything. I think our job is to open the eyes of our heart and discover what love is available even in the challenges. And this doesn't mean kind of like a mental understanding of, oh, I need to get the lessons learned. Because sometimes, sometimes the lesson is, oh, I got a flat tire. <laughs> Look, I learned how to plug a flat tire. You know, I learned how to, you know, or I um, I learned how to ask for help when things were difficult, and, right? Or I learned how to rest when the hill was too steep, you know, for me to do it in one go. Um, the lesson is not always, oh, you should have taken the other path. That's rarely, rarely, rarely the lesson. Um, I don't even like the, the the framework of lessons because I feel like that, mental attempt to make reasons out of our discomfort to uh, distance us from the discomfort itself. And I think the discomfort is, is where the grief is, it's where the emotions are, it's where our humanity is, and it's also ultimately where the love can be found. And this is, I think, one of the most challenging things on a spiritual path or in a life path, but embracing that means that we get to find the joy and we get to find the expansion and we get to find the impact that we want to make and the way that we really are connected to other people um, and we are connected to the world around us and there really is just a oneness that we're woven, woven through us and woven around us and we're woven into. And... Um, you know, this, the, the Sufi teachings say, you know, when you encounter difficulty, say, Alhamdulillah, which means all praise to the one. And when you encounter goodness, say, Alhamdulillah, all praise to the one. You know, whether it's goodness or whether it's challenge or difficulty or disaster or wondrous celebration, it's, you know, this, you know, where is the love, you know? And... And this, I think, is what is um, so much of what our path is about and what our path in business is about is, um, yes, we want to make a living, all right? I'm, a, I'm in business. Small business has existed for millennia. People have always traded and dealt with each other on a human level through business and I love it. I think it's incredibly creative. I don't think it's everything. You know, all of human existence doesn't boil down to business, but it's a section of human existence. And it's wonderful. I love it. I love learning about it. I love being in it. I love making a living. I love making money. I love, um, you know, doing doing good work that's honest and that's compensated in a beautiful way. And, um, and it's just a game at the human level, right? There's like a, this deeper 
this deeper, more nourishing way of being, of discovering the love in every moment is such a wonderful mystery to be pursuing, right? It's like, oh my God, I just had a miserable uh, interaction at work with somebody that I can't stand. Is there love available even there, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's not going to be the lovey-dovey love. It's not going to look like what you might think love looks like. But I, I've never yet come across a situation that um, when taking time in my heart and really looking and sometimes needing help from someone to look at it more deeply can always find that there's something there that is actually nourishing, that is actually helpful, that is actually um, helps me on my path. Well, and you beautifully circle back and talked about business in the context of the principles that you're talking about, this question of, well, even what you spoke about, about discomfort is where our humanity is, where we're humans having a, a having this uh, experience where we're spiritual beings having this experience and it's that that question is so profound is love available even here i can see how that is so opening to what may not be apparent when you're deep in the middle of something that's really challenging and having that awareness open um, can really shift things and uh, really get you in touch with that is is there an in insight or advice that you would share with another business owner who's asking themselves, how can I, how can I do that? How can I bring more love into the work that I'm doing? How can I positively affect my own environment and have impact? What would you share with them? Yeah. Well, I, I, it's a beautiful question. And I would, I would say that one, notice the impact you're already having. I mean, we're already you know, one of one of uh, one of my teachers shared. It's like the idea that you're not already enlightened is an illusion, right? There's like our beingness already carries all of the qualities of divinity. All of everything is already inside us. We just may not be consciously aware of it, and so it ends up being veiled or not being expressed in a pure form. But it's there, waiting to be discovered. And that brings up another saying that one of my teachers shared with me: is that it's not how do I remember, it's am I remembering? Hmm. And so th- this, um, this question of how do I start to embrace, do I start to embrace, I think is a much more important question to ask ourselves. Not how do I, which has a sense of helplessness about it, but do I? Do I start to embrace the path of love? Do I start to embrace the path of sincerity and integrity? Do I start? Do I embrace the, the path of compassion? And if I do, what does that mean? What does that embrace mean for me and for my business and for my decisions? And that, I believe, is just that awareness is the beginning, is the beginning of, um, it's the beginning of surrender. It's the beginning of noticing that your life can be larger than what you thought it was. It's beginning to notice that there's something larger moving through you than you thought there was. It's beginning to notice that your business can be no more nourishing than you thought it was. And, um, and that you can discover that nourishment and that love and that wisdom in surprising places. And that it's not your job to bring love in. 
it's just your job to notice the love that's around you already. Well, thank you for sharing that, Mark, and for joining us today. I, I so appreciate your heartfelt approach to business and in being all of us being in this in-between place where uh, you're certainly working in, in integrating spiritual awareness with business practices and in all aspects of business, marketing, how you deal with clients, all of those aspects. Um, you're really bringing something very unique and uh, powerful to entrepreneurs. So thank you for the work that you're doing in the world. Mashallah. Thank you very much. If, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Yeah, I invite folks to our website, heartofbusiness.com. And um, there's, of course, our newsletter. Everybody has one. We do, too. We love it. We love giving through it. Um, and uh, if you go to our training programs page, there's a free, what we're calling a readiness assessment, which enables you to um, assess where your business is in the stages of development. And um, and if you can let yourself assess yourself there, one, it can give you real clarity on where you're walking on the path of business. And you'll get a personal reply from us to support and tweak or um, help you in that assessment. So just, yeah, just want to invite you all to Come see if what I've been saying resonates for you. Then take a deeper drink and see if it works. Well, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for joining us, Mark. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. So join us for more podcasts on impact. Subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast channel on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll be notified as soon as new podcasts are available. Thank you to everyone listening for being here. Until next time, to keep that positive flow of energy going in your business so you can have your own impact, join our community of entrepreneurs like you by entering your name and email at workalchemy.com.